0: What should we expect from Jaron Jackson Jr. and Ja Morant and the Memphis Grizzlies this time around in the postseason? Talk about that next. Welcome into the Lockdown NBA Playoff Preview. I'm Nick Engstead of Lockdown NBA and joined by Joe Mullinex of Lockdown Grizzlies to give you everything you need to know about the Memphis Grizzlies going into the postseason. Joe, you've had a few off-court stories about Ja and about... <laughs> That whole no. situation. Maybe his dad. I don't was remember involved. anything. Maybe his dad was involved. Some, something in summers ago. I don't know. But let's focus on on the Doesn't court. Doesn't ring a bell. Let's focus on on the court. When the players have played, at least, what's the biggest on hmm. the court story for the, the Grizzlies this year?
1: Uh, depends on which chapter of the story you're talking about. Uh, you know, there's a chapter of the story where John Morant is very clearly the Grizzlies' best player. He was, I think, a top five MVP candidate at one point earlier in the season. Then there's the chapter of the story that you alluded to, where Ja wasn't around, and Jaron Jackson Jr. especially, but Desmond Bain to a lesser extent, uh, picked up the ball and carried it further for Memphis, you could argue. you know, There's always been the argument about Jaron Jackson Jr. being the best two-way player the Grizzlies have. Jaron Jackson Jr. should be the defensive player of the year. Shout out to uh, our locked-on hosts, who who got that right. I was going to be mad at them, and they didn't, so for them. <laughs> um, but anyway, Jaron Jackson Jr. should be the defensive player of the year. At the very least, he's first-team All-NBA defense, and he also, over the last 10 to 15 games, has taken on a larger scoring role, uh, really impressive as both an offensive player and a defensive player. So if the Grizzlies could ever figure out how to combine those two, right, Ja Morant, the explosiveness, the athleticism, the dominant ball or the dominant ball handling guard that, you know, most teams would like to have come the postseason, And then a legitimately unicorn style player that can hit the three, create off the dribble. Almost every single mismatch or every matchup is a mismatch, unless your name's Anthony Davis or Carl Anthony Towns. Again, those guys are similarly freakishly athletic Giannis as well, of course. Um, you know, if they could ever put those two puzzle pieces together and the complete story uh, could be told to these Memphis Grizzlies, you know, that the weird thing about them is they both have dominated at various points throughout the season and their net rating is something around zero. Like it's not a truly fantastic pairing uh, the way that you think it would be. So the, the, the absence of Morant has allowed for Jaron to take on more of an offensive role and, if they could ever couple those two realities, you know, the Grizzlies offense would would take off to another level.
0: Talk me through the playoff rotation that, that could be for the Grizzlies right now. Uh, tell me the, who you expect as a starting lineup, a couple of players you, you definitely expect to play off the bench, and then if there's a couple guys on the bubble maybe um, that, that could play. Or well, could not there's –
1: Sure. Uh, The lineup's going to look a little bit different because of injury, right? Brandon Clark is out with a blown Achilles tendon. He did that in Denver a month or so ago. Uh, So he's not just out for the postseason. He's out for most of next season. Uh, It was recently announced that Steven Adams, uh, the center for the Grizzlies, who's a lot more important to Memphis than he probably should be, uh, he has a knee issue that he received a stem cell treatment in. They've essentially ruled him out for the playoffs. They didn't say for sure he's out, but they alluded to him being out. And they made some roster moves this past weekend that would suggest they think he's going to be gone for the foreseeable future. Uh, the starting lineup will include these four people, John Morant, Desmond Bain, Dylan Brooks, Jaron Jackson Jr. Who that fifth guy is kind of bears watching for much of the season since Stephen Adams got injured back in January. It's been Xavier Tillman. He's filled that role as admirably as he can, but he's not a seven-foot-tall New Zealander. He doesn't have the skill set that Steven Adams possesses. He does some of those things, but he doesn't do them as well as Steven Adams. They could potentially start Luke Kennard, who, if they wanted to go small, with Jaron Jackson at the five, Dylan Brooks playing the four, which he did some against the Timberwolves in last year's postseason. Luke Kennard, uh, little known fact, has the best offensive rating of just about everybody in the NBA (laughs) since he arrived with the Memphis Grizzlies. He's shooting 54% from three as a member of the Memphis Grizzlies, 54%. So if I were the Grizzlies, I would want to piece as many, you know, elite offensive players as possible in the absence of Adams. But it'll probably be Tillman because that's what they've done for a majority of this time period. Luke Kennard will certainly be in the rotation, whether he starts or comes off the bench. Tyus Jones, an extremely good backup point guard. He'll be in that mix. From there, it gets a little bit more iffy. You know, Santi Aldama had a really strong season for the Grizzlies at times, especially offensively. David Roddy came on late. Uh, the rookie out of Colorado State, he's a 6'6, 250 hundred and fifty-pound former high school quarterback who plays co- who played college basketball. Was big enough at Colorado State that they played him at the five. Some, so he's played some four since the Grizzlies' front court depth has gotten a little bit thin. John Conchar is always kind of waiting in the wings. He's a true developmental piece for the Grizzlies. He was undrafted in that twenty nineteen draft where Morant got selected, and he's worked his way up to a long term contract with Memphis. So he'll be in that conversation. Zaire Williams was supposed to be a really important piece to start the season as a rotation wing. Eventually the Dylan Brooks replacement was kind of the thought, and that never manifested because of injuries and other issues. So I think it's safe to say that John Morant, Desmond Bain, Dylan Brooks, Jaron Jackson Jr., Luke Kennard, Tyus Jones, those six guys are for sure going to play a lot of basketball starting this weekend. What happens beyond that is probably going to be very matchup dependent. And it's also going to be very dependent on who's hot, you know, riding the hot hand. When you have so many young players or true role players, they're, they're interchangeable pieces at this point.
0: What are the biggest strengths and weaknesses of this team when they're all together and they're all on the court, at least the ones that we're going to see in the playoffs? How right. have they lost games? How have they won games generally this season? Well, it
1: feels like they've lost games by being the worst perimeter three point defensive team in the history of basketball (laughs) uh it seems like every other night somebody's hitting 13 out of 17 threes like the pelicans did or you know somebody is just cooking them on the perimeter and a lot of that has to go with taylor jenkins being part of the mike budenholzer tree right if you remember back to budenholzer's development as a coach throughout the nba a lot of his scheme is funneling things trying to close off the paint and that means on the perimeter is going to be some open looks so The Grizzlies are still, like, top 10, top 11 in opponent three-point percentage, so it just feels like they're terrible at that. Uh, Without Steven Adams, they're not going to be as good of a rebounding team as they have been earlier in the season. They were number one with Steven Adams up until his injury. I think they've fallen down to, like, third or fifth overall, but since Steven Adams' injury, they're something like 13th or 15th in the NBA Mm -hmm. in rebounding, so they're middle of the road there. Uh, They're not as good defensively as they were with Steven Adams, jaron jackson jr is asked to do a little bit more as a center with adams out and that's not jaron's strength he can do it but that's not where they want him they want him to be that kind of free safety defender with adams kind of plugging up the the paint and and around the rim what they do well is thanks to luke Kennard, they actually shoot threes pretty well um and obviously desmond bain is still in the mix but two of the best five or six three-point shooters in the nba play for the memphis grizzlies and that was something that when i started following this team during the era of grit and grind you know watching tony allen airball shots on an almost (laughs) nightly basis uh i love tony allen but i kind of prefer the whole three-point threat thing so they've gotten better at shooting the three john morant is still kind of trying to find himself post drama that we're not talking about on this (laughs) uh, episode here um but he's still trying to find how he fits. He's extremely valid as a passer. He is very much activating that part of his brain. Every time he plays, he's always been a good passer that hasn't really been talked about a ton with his game, but he's still trying to rediscover his scoring chops. That process is something to monitor going into the playoffs, how he can be that, you know, the, the thing that said in Memphis is called 12, like right? when the game's on the line, John Morant's the guy with the ball in his hands, but Now, more than ever before, he's more likely to pass it to Jared or pass it to Desmond Bain Mm. and see where things go. Um, They are strong in terms of of transition defense. They were really good at that last season. They're still good at that now. They could be even better in terms of generating more turnovers to offset that absence of Adams and the offensive rebounding that he would bring to the table, the extra shot opportunities and possessions that Memphis is lacking on because their half-court offense throughout the season has been a problem. They're much better in transition than they are on the half court. But again, as weird as it is to say, since the Los Angeles Clippers kind of threw him away, uh, Danny Green and a couple of second-round picks, that's essentially what it was. It was part of the Eric Gordon trade. But um, Luke Kennard wasn't playing for the Clippers, and he seems really important to this Grizzlies playoff run. So uh, I I appreciate Los Angeles for for sending Luke Kennard our way because he can very much help with that half-court offense, that spacing concern. You know, if you can't generate spacing from a Steven Adams screen or pick, you can certainly do so by having multiple three-point threats on the floor, and Kennard provides that.
0: The FanDuel line is plus 700 for the Grizzlies to win the West. That's behind the Suns at plus 200, the Warriors plus 330, the Nuggets plus 350, and then you have to take a step down from those three teams to the Grizzlies at plus 700. Um, What are the expectations for this team? This season, let's do it from three levels. One, what are the fans expectations this for this team in the postseason? What is the teams themselves? What have you heard them say their expectations are? And what are your expectations for this team going into just this postseason?
1: I would say the fans expect the Western Conference finals, you know, the next step in terms of the progression, because every year they've progressed, right? They went from a play in team to the first round of the playoffs to the second round of the playoffs. I think the the expectation from fans is the Western Conference Finals. Um, I would say the team expects an NBA Finals appearance. You hear them say that all the time. They they believe that they're capable of that. And in fairness to them, whether it's the Western Conference Finals or the NBA Finals, if John Morant figures it out and gets back to what he was, John Morant was a legitimate all-NBA player before his off-the-court issues caught up with him. Yeah. Uh, He's probably not an all-NBA player now, and he costs himself $40 million. But, again, listen to the Lockdown Grizzlies to hear more about that. Um, (laughs) Jaron Jackson Jr., we've talked about his growth. Desmond Bain is an all-star level player when he's at his peak. We haven't seen those three guys click like that consistently. If they can figure it out, they can make the NBA finals. There's no doubt in my mind, even with Steven Adams out. For me, personally, I expect them to win in the first round, and then after that, If they lost, I wouldn't be surprised. Uh, If it's the Los Angeles Lakers, you know, obviously that's a team that could pose a lot of issues. Same thing, having a lack of front court depth, they're going to try to take advantage of the fact that outside of Kennard and Bain, there are still some limitations, especially among backcourt players as three-point shooters. There are things to pick at. If you get Jaron Jackson in foul trouble, Dylan Brooks, the, the enigma that is Dylan Brooks, can get into foul trouble in his own way. Um, there are weaknesses without Adams on the floor, but there are also ways that Memphis can revitalize and reimagine what they're capable of. Again, Luke Kennard, as weird as it is to say, he opens up so much opportunity because of his elite three-point shooting ability that you know, outside of Desmond Bain, Memphis has literally never had. So I do believe that there's a lot of potential in lineups where he is not necessarily featured, but just existing and putting Jaron in a position to be a center next to a Dylan Brooks as a small ball four, a David Roddy, a Santi Aldama as a more traditional four-man that can space the floor. You know, Adams has a lot of strength, but the Grizzlies, if they take what they've done over the last couple of months with Xavier Tillman being that main starting big and add some wrinkles to it, some rotation tweaks, put themselves in a position to be a little less predictable and a little more versatile in what they're capable of, especially on offense. They could make a run to the Western Conference Finals, but I'm I'm not going to expect anything more from them because of their injuries. Right, Steven Adams and Brandon Clark are two pretty significant players for them. Um, I'm not going to put any expectation beyond they should win a first-round series against whoever they play, in my opinion. Uh, maybe one team they're favored to win in seven, one team they're favored to win in five. Uh, But they should be favored to win. We got to remember the Grizzlies had the best home court advantage of the entire season as well, best home record. Mm. And they have home court throughout not just this playoff series, but the next one. Of course, the opponent for Memphis would be either Sacramento, historically great offense, or the Golden State Warriors. How much fun would that be? Fun in air quotes. Um, So I, I think that that would be a difficult series either way for the Grizzlies, my expectation for them is to get out of the first round and let the chips fall where they may from there. But in the Western Conference, as you know, Nick, pretty much anything can happen, you know, from Denver all the way down to a team like the Lakers uh, or the Timberwolves, right? If the Pelicans somehow went on a run, all of these teams, except maybe the Thunder, think they legitimately have a chance to, you know, get a little bit of hot and, and try to make a push for this thing. And that's what makes the Western Conference so interesting this year.
0: Go listen to Locked on Grizzlies with Joe and DeMichael Cole, the, the dynamic duo over there at Locked yep, on Grizzlies. Yep, that's us. Daily on, on Locked on Grizzlies YouTube and wherever you get your podcast. Thanks, everybody, for hanging out with us on the Locked on NBA pr- playoff preview.